Welcome to the Course Creator Community Podcast. Your host is a course creator who currently generates over $1 million a year selling his online courses. And now he teaches you how to do the same. And just so you know, he is the world's biggest fan of the TV show Sons of Anarchy, having watched all seven seasons multiple times. Hashtag Team Jax Teller, Mr. Jonah Petrahilos. All right, what's happening, Course Creator Community? I am super excited because we've got a rock star on the line this week, all the way from, I think, Oregon. That's what I read on your, your profile. You're still in Oregon there? I am. I sure am. Awesome. All the way in the heat wave from Oregon. I don't even know where that where it is, but I know it's about a hundred degrees over there. I hope I hope Fahrenheit because a hundred degrees Celsius is like burning temperature. A uh, <laughs> little bit about this person. She helps business owners accelerate authority without a big audience through speaking. She's personally delivered thousands of presentations over the years. She's helped hundreds of six-figure and seven-figure business owners and their teams elevate their communication skills. Uh, She's a podcast host herself. She's a YouTuber. She's got a Facebook group, and she's an absolute weapon when it comes to speaking. So without further ado, let me introduce the one and only Ms. Heather Sager. Heather, how are you? I am doing so great. Thanks so much for having me here today. No, thank you for coming on. Heather, I like to start all my podcasts off with a quote or mantra that inspires you or fires you up. Have you got one for us? I do. I actually have a speaking mantra. It's something that I teach people to do. So my mantra every time I step on a stage in front of an audience is this, make them laugh, make them cry, and sure as shit, teach them something that'll change their lives. Wow. I love it. And that's your philosophy as well. That's what you used to go out there with? Yep, totally. <laughs> love it. Awesome. All right. Well, Heather, I've obviously been following you for a while now. I know what it is you do. I've um, read your bio as well, so I've got an idea of your your story too. But if anyone's listening to this and they haven't heard of you, do you want to spend a few minutes and tell us not only what you do, but a little bit about your story as well and, and how you came to doing what you do? Sure. You know, these are always the fun stories to listen to because you never quite know how back people are going to yeah. go, right? It's like, when I was a baby, I, we're not going to go there. But I, I, I don't know. I think stories of entrepreneurs are really fascinating, but I'll, I'll keep mine relative to the conversation today. So what's, what's funny is what a lot of people don't know about me is I was born with a genetic condition where I have really brittle bones and uh, I'm kind of like, Mr. Glass, I don't know, from that superhero movie where he breaks really easily. I don't know. I haven't seen it, but my bones are really fragile. And essentially why that's important was one, I have a hell of a lot of good stories of me breaking bones as a kid, Uh, but more relatively speaking, uh, the little bones in my ears, they don't work very well. And I started losing my hearing when I was a teenager. So I actually wear hearing aids. I have a very significant hearing loss, which is kind of ironic because communication is my jam. It's literally what I do professionally is teach people how to communicate. But for me, uh, my professional background was working in corporate for years, but it was in a really specific pathway where I worked with entrepreneurs but I was in a corporate setting. So I was like a corporate consultant for uh, small businesses and I worked in the hearing care space. So I actually worked with doctors and I taught doctors how to do sales and marketing because they went to school to become doctors, not to sell, right? So it was this interesting wrap up of somebody having a hearing loss, 
learning how to communicate with professionals who had a disdain for selling and teaching them how to fall in love with it. Um, it just became an interesting, beautiful pathway of me figuring out what I love to do, which is teaching other people how to speak. Um, so that, that's like a little piece of it. And there's a hell of a lot more that we can dive into, but like, that's the gist of it. Tell me, there's a, there's a couple things there. Cause I was checking out your website. You got really good at, I guess, the nonverbal communication side of things because your hearing was affected. You yeah. could pick up on some other things. Is, is that true? And if so, do you want to tell us a little bit about that? Yeah. So body language is one of those things, right? We spend so much time and energy thinking about what what the right thing to say is. I mean, imagine putting yourself, we all have had uncomfortable conversations, avoiding a conversation that we don't want to have. And we stew on it for days. Like, what are we going to say? Or we put all this energy in an email response because we don't want to come across as snarky or be passive aggressive. So we, we spend all this time and energy thinking about like, what do I say to get my message ac- across? And the reason why we stress out so much about it is because words, we think pack a lot of weight and they do, but when we put all our energy on words, we are missing the mark on realizing that when it comes to communication, only 7% of a message is the actual words that are used. And yes, I did say seven single digit percent when it comes to communication, specifically emotional based messages, which is a lot of what we do as humans when we communicate, uh, 38% of our message is how we say those words. And then 55% is the nonverbals. So it's the lifting of the eyebrows. It's the pleasantry in our face. It's the death glare we give our spouse when they forget to pick up their dirty socks. Uh, it's the, it's the, how we hold our posture when we're confident or not. It's, it's how we communicate. And what I learned, uh, so back in college, when I, was really starting to notice that I could not hear people around me. And what what was fascinating was I I technically could hear, like I could hear people speaking. I just couldn't understand what they were saying. And for me, I didn't realize that that meant I had a hearing loss that was significant enough to do something about because I could hear everyone around me. I just couldn't understand. So I found myself I I became the girl, oh my gosh, I hate this girl, but I became the girl who would get to class a little bit early and sit in the front row because if I didn't, I, I literally could not hear what the professor was asking us Mm. to do. I missed the lecture and I became the girl that would either be the first person to contribute to the discussion. Cause you know, this was back in college when everybody, like everything was a discussion. If I didn't first contribute, I wouldn't contribute at all because Mm. I would not hear what the other people around me were saying. And I didn't want to be the jerk who repeated what somebody else had already said. So I started learning, um, I started confusing my inability to communicate with others and and hear other people. I thought it meant that I was just the kind of person who worked better alone. Mm -hmm. I was thinking that my personality was weird and I was different and something was wrong with me because I wasn't building all these friendships like the people around me. But I started noticing how people would respond when others were speaking. And I started to notice when certain people talked, everybody seemed to lean forward and they were fascinated by how they, like what they were saying versus when other people would talk, I would see the mood change in the room, like the pompous person who like the know-it-all everybody, you can see the reaction. Right. And so even though I didn't actually understand the the conversation, I followed the energy of the room, kind of keeping track what was going on. And that's when things started shifting for me, because I started noticing that 
people were communicating with me all the time, even when they didn't think that they were. And that became a, a big secret weapon for me when I started speaking on stages. Yes, love that. And just to confirm, you've now since that hearing problem is good, right? Yeah, well, I mean, it's, I still have a significant hearing loss, but I, I wear hearing aids. Yeah, so I've awesome. been wearing uh, hearing technology for over a decade, and I, I can't really function without them. Yeah. Although I will say, as a parent, I do love being able to take them out <laughs> at the end of the night, especially when I had babies. <laughs> so I guess that I guess that's the perk, right? That's the perk that I get. Um, and I can stream podcasts straight into my hearing hearing aids, and uh, nobody knows like that I'm listening to a podcast instead of a, like, I don't know, I could be in the middle of a conference. If I'm bored, I can stream something, which is kind of cool. <laughs> yeah. yeah. My, my dad wears hearing aids. He does the same thing, you know, he'll be yeah. out at, you know, somewhere with my mom. And then you just hear him being like, yes, go, go, yeah. go. And we're like, he's listening to the footy. You know, he's listening to the rugby. So yeah. I, I feel yeah. that, but awesome. I love that story there. I love how you've turned that you know, I mean, one word for it is a weakness, but you've turned it into a strength there. And I love how you've made me laugh as well. So your mantra, you know, Thank from you. the start, you made me laugh a couple of times there. Thank so you. <laughs> to my understanding now, Heather, you teach, let's just a few different people, but let's just say one of those types of people is online course creators. Let's yeah. say there's an online course creator. They want to sell more of their online course. Usually the first question they're going to ask is, all right, I want to sell more of my online course. Should I go on Teachable or Kajabi? Or should I get a Facebook page or an Instagram page? And look, that stuff's important. It, it plays a role, um, but it's probably not going to help you sell any courses in today's environment. It's, it's, it's too competitive. There's too many things going on. Now, a lot of people teach different things. I believe, Heather, you teach people in a nutshell how to sell more of their courses by getting better at speaking or putting together a signature talk that they can use. Do you want to tell us a little bit about that side of things? What is it you do there and why is that important? Sort of sell it to the, the listeners, you know? Yeah. Well, first of all, let me just say all those questions around which tech platform should you use? Uh, how should you set up a welcome sequence? Like, should you do a low ticket offer or should you go high? All these questions, if anyone's sitting here going, oh my gosh, it's like a swirl of questions. They're normal. I asked all of these questions too, when I started my business, like it's just a, it's a rite of passage to ask the questions. What I also learned really early on was at the end of the day, the, the tech and all those little pieces they're secondary to the quality of work that we do. Yeah. So um, you've heard this thing before, right? It doesn't matter how great your product or your offer is. It's your ability to articulate mm. how great it is for another person. Yeah. And, you know, when I saw, when I, when I entered this space and I saw everybody focusing on how do I write good sales copy mm. or how do I, how do I write a script to get better at selling on a webinar or everybody started looking at all the tech things. I said, you know what? I've spent the last 15 years speaking on stages, getting people excited about not only my ideas and inspiring them about certain aspects of their businesses, but getting them to adopt different best practices, some of which that they were very resistant to. So I realized that, you know, if I had the ability to persuade people in person, like in workshops or um, when I had a team, I had a team of designers and instruction designers that work for me, if I was able to rally up a team, why couldn't I translate that skill of being able to speak onto different platforms? Like, could I, could I carry that over? And the interesting thing is a lot of people, especially business owners, they have their heads so down, like focused on this. How do I get the tech set up? that they miss the opportunity in front of them of what happens when you open your mouth to speak? 
<laughs> people think that this idea of speaking is reserved for speakers or authors or I don't know this this profession that we're not chasing. We're we're selling digital courses. We're selling digital products. That's not us. But you already talk to people every single day, whether it's you showing up on Instagram stories or you on a Facebook Live or you in on a sales call. call. In, in, in your, even in your course, yeah. You know, oh yeah. Webinar, you know? Yes. And that, the landing that's the thing, page, like, the landing page on what you're going to sell, you know, yeah. like so much of it is speaking. Yeah. So go back to what I said earlier around body language, right? If you are sitting here stressing out of going, oh my gosh, I got to get my sales page done. And especially if this is your first digital product or thing that you're putting out in the world. Okay. 7% of what you communicate is through the <laughs> words. So if you're trying to get the right words right on your sales page, and let me just say, yes, sales pages are great, but mm. I didn't have any of that at the beginning. Mm. I slapped a video together mm. of me knowing what I was talking about, showing up confident, portraying what the opportunity was for people, and that would sell things. Mm. Or doing what I'm doing right now, getting on a podcast and talking about things, talking about your story, talking about what the opportunity is for people, connecting with them, that... Like it might not be in like, Hey, for $14.99, you can buy this. <laughs> you don't have to do an infomercial, right? This isn't ShamWow, but and people are buying is it, from well, other. Isn't what, isn't what? Sorry. Oh, you don't have a ShamWow? You might not have it in, in Australia. Oh what, my gosh. That's what's like the a. Word? Cause okay, I feel like I missed a joke. It's like, it's like a sponge or mop or something for cleaning. Oh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it was like this ridiculous product that was. Do you have Dental's Direct in the USA? Do you have them? Is, is that the like teeth braces thing? They're, I don't know. They're our infomercial people. They're always, oh. and the steak knives, you know, that's sort of, oh, that the yeah. sort of thing I, you're talking I, about? I don't know. Right. But like, okay. How funny are you talking about differences between <laughs> don't use that in the, don't use that in the joke with Tina this afternoon. Wait. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, uh, it, it's just interesting though. Right. We have this idea of thinking that if we talk about our business, it has to be like one of those caricatures mm. on an infomercial, but I think we forget that our voices are actually our best brand asset mm. because when we strip away the quote unquote, like conversion hacks for copy, mm. or if we strip away all these swipe files and templates that we think we have to follow to sell and mm. instead just show up as humans and talk to other humans mm. in a way that's articulate, it's clear, mm. it's inspirational, and it actually takes someone on a journey for where they are and where they want to go. Yeah. When we do that, when we bring the humanity into it, oh my gosh, like things started working differently. So that for, I'm very passionate about speaking. I think people compartmentalize it into this other thing. Speaking is something you do every single day. You may as well do it on purpose. Let's take a quick break. If you want tips and strategies on how to start, grow, and monetize your business online, check out the Digital Revolution podcast with Eli Adams. We interview digital experts from around the world that share their personal stories. They talk about what they're currently working on and where they see the future going. But most importantly, they share tactics in their specific area of expertise with the hope of helping you improve your digital presence online. You can listen to the Digital Revolution podcast on YouTube, Spotify, Apple, iHeartRadio, or simply click on the link in the show notes below. Love it. Okay, cool. Now, follow up from there, Heather. If someone's like, okay, that's great, Heather, but I've got no Instagram followers. You know, I go Facebook Live and three people watch it and one of them is my mom. You know, I got a sales page and, and no one hits it there, you know. Uh, can we use speaking to get in front of new people, you know? Yeah. Tell us a little bit about that. 
Yeah. Okay. So think about this when it comes to uh, sharing your voice in your business, right? Uh, your voice as your best friend asset, like I said, there's two different kinds of stages, right? You have your stages, which as you were just saying, your, your courses with your paid people, those are stages that you speak on. Those are, you're already talking to right now. You have your Facebook live, you have your YouTube channel, anything that you do that's quote unquote your platform, that's one area, but you also can go on other people's stages to get your voice in front of more people. And in fact, this was a strategy that I used to accelerate my business and launch, like I pre-sold my program when I first did it and I sold it out. I, my first launch was $27,000 to an email list of 120 people. Whoa, and whoa, whoa, the whoa, reason whoa, why on, on. say those numbers yeah, yeah. again, make sure I didn't hear uh, wrong. So $26,000 launch yeah. pre-sold on a program that I hadn't even built yet yeah. to an email list of 120 people. Wow. So good, right? How, how did that work? Well, I'll tell you a couple things. One, I, so I, I launched with a higher ticket group coaching program to kind of proof of concept out before I then built a more scalable digital course. So that's one piece of it. But what, what worked for me really, really well was I put myself on stages mm -hmm. where people would see me as an authority. Yep. So I knew what I was doing. I knew how to speak. I just had other people, they needed to see me in action and they yeah. needed to see me on stages that were already credible. So doing something called borrowed credibility, mm. find people who already are trusted by an audience, have them introduce you kind of like you're introducing me to my, your audience right now, yeah. right? People know and trust you. They're like, oh, Jonah's vetted this chick. Like, okay, they've like getting to know it. He's validating what she's saying. There's a trust transference that happens when you bring guests onto your show. You don't just bring anyone, you vet people. So it's the same thing. That's what, that's what I did. I got on other people's platforms, shared more about it, got people onto my list. And then when I was ready to launch, they were ready to buy because they already trusted me. It, it works. And we can, we, even if I piggyback off that a bit, like podcast is obviously an easy example, right? Like yeah. most, most things, most uh, hosts are looking for guests anyway. You know, if I, someone pitches me, I take a look at their bio. I might check out their social media. You know, I'm like, okay, yeah, this person's cool. I'm going to bring them on the show there. They get in front of my audience there and that can compound. Obviously there's, there's, you know, they'll get in front of my, uh, my listeners, but also I check out other podcasts as well. You know, I've, I've got a, a list on iTunes of, you know, other podcasts in the course creator space and I see who they're interviewing and I'm like, okay, let me listen to that. Oh, that person sounds cool. I'm going to yeah. hit them up and, and bring them on mine. So it can compound from that as well. Um, yes. Let also me, uh, let me give you an example here real quick. That's kind of outlandish. Um, I have been, I've been off the dating market for years. So I've been happily married for a long time. Uh, but I, I imagine now, what if I had to date in today's world that is Instagram and Facebook and dating apps? Yeah. If imagine this, right? You meet someone, you, what do you do instantly? You Google them or you look them yeah. up on Instagram. You look them up on Facebook. The same thing happens for business owners. When you mm. say like, raise your hand to say, Hey, I want to be on your podcast. That person's going to look you up. Mm. Or if you're on a podcast, they're like, Oh, I like her. They're going to look you up. And so mm. the question is when they look you up, what do they find? Mm. So the, this compounding effect that you're talking about is mm. it, their momentum is built. This compounding yeah. happens is you get on one podcast, that podcast might help you book a guest speaking opportunity for mm. a live event yep. or like, but the more your body of work grows, mm. the more credible you become. And when people look up your stuff, they see all of it and they're like, oh, you're legit. And mm. their trust goes up. Well, I'll piggyback off that even more.
Now, I just want to take a minute and let everyone know, if you're a course creator, you've already got a course and it's not quite selling, uh, or if you're still in the process of putting your course together, at the course creator community, we actually have a VIP group coaching program. It's the best program of its kind and the most affordable as well. So if you'd like some extra help and guidance in either putting your course together or selling your online course, I recommend joining the course creator community VIP program. I'll put the links down in the show notes. So on my list on iTunes, where I've got a list of everyone in the course creator space, if I see someone that's been interviewed twice by two people that I trust, I don't even check them out. I'm like, well, you know, they're on Jax's podcast and they're on John's podcast. They must be, I'll do, I might do a quick check, you know, but not like a, a proper one. So it's like, even if you're on two in that same space, your credibility just goes through the roof, you know? People totally. be like, oh, on that podcast, that podcast, I trust you already, you're in, you know? So totally. that's, there's obviously summits are a big thing at the moment. And I think the better, the way I look at, because I run summits in my other business as well, right? Uh, and if I'm looking at someone, it's not only how good are they at what they do, it's are they a good speaker? You know, like it's, I've got to have both of those things there. So I think that's a key part there. Um, and also in my other business as well, I present at different conferences, the biggest fitness conferences in, you know, Australia and New Zealand, but only because I have a signature topic. You know, I couldn't just say, hey, I'm a good speaker, you know, come and hire me, you know? So it all all um, compounds from there, which is important. And even yeah. just, even if we go further, because I feel we went sort of two extremes. It's like, hey, you're either a guest on podcast or you're speaking on, you know, national conferences. Like there's all sorts of in-betweens, you know? There's, uh, it might be an Instagram live, you know, that's still a way to get in front of that person's audience there. Might be doing a talk in their Facebook group, you know, that's a way to, to get in front of that person there. It might be, you know, some, depending on what they've got on their YouTube, YouTube channel. It might be something there as well. You know, there's <clears throat> all different opportunities if you're a, if you're a good speaker there to get in front of other people's audiences. And I quite like that strategy because I think a lot of, especially on Facebook, like a lot of the strategies revolve around friend requesting and DMing. And I mean, it's okay. It's got its place, but it's sort of like, uh, it'll only get you so far and it's so much one-to-one stuff, but it's like, all right, cool. You know, if I can connect with another heavy hitter, and I can get in front of that heavy hitter's audience, it just, you skip the queue. So I love that strategy there. Totally. Um, But hey, Heather, I'd love to give the audience some practical tips now. Maybe they're sold. They're like, you know what? I want to get better at speaking. Now, the first thing I recommend they do, and I'm sure you'll agree with me, um, is obviously go to the website, heathersager.com and get your your webinar or your free training that's on there. That's the best start point. That's the first thing everyone listening to this podcast should do, right? Yeah. Well, I I think the piece of it is even though theoretically, this is what happens. Theoretically, we're like, all right, that makes sense. The more people I get in front of, the better it'll be for my credibility, my authority, but also the numbers, right? It is a numbers game. You got to get people looking at your offers if you want to make sales. So theoretically, that makes sense. What I see happens a lot for people is they, they see that big picture and then they just start going, okay, let me, let me figure it out. Let me go book things. And mm. what happens is they get lost in activity, yeah. chasing popularity, and they forget that there's actually a strategy behind it for them mm. to, to implement, to gain traction. I say, you don't want to be, I think the saying is you don't want to be popular. You want to be profitable. So keeping an eye on that. So yeah, in that free training, that's the first step. I actually teach you how do you approach speaking in a strategic way so you don't get lost in vanity metrics and start getting excited about PR that actually does little except for pad your as seen on sticker on your website, which only takes you so far. It doesn't actually make you money. So make sure you're doing it the right way. So that's a great place to start. 
Gotcha. And I'll put that link in, in the show notes as well for everyone. Uh, okay. So what else, Heather? What's some practical tips? Maybe give us your, your top two or three that yeah, anyone, okay. let's say someone's on a podcast to not a podcast tomorrow. They're like, all right, you know, what are two or three things I can do to be a better speaker on that podcast? Okay. This one, it's going to feel a little fluffy, but go with me for a second. Since you opened the show by asking me, Heather, what's your favorite mantra or quote? And I like sang out, make them laugh, make them cry, sure as shit, teach them something that'll change their lives. Uh, this thing, this activity, it's something that I do with all of my clients, all of my students, everyone that I work with. I say, what we have to determine is before you start showing up on stages, you have to make damn sure that you're clear around how you want to show up. Especially in a space right now where we see so many different voices online, you see big names in your industry, you see influencers like Kim Kardashian and whoever else, right? We, we absorb all of this media, all of this um, language and style and verbiage from other people that we lose sight around how we want to show up and we start comparing ourselves. Mm. And as human dynamics work, we start mimicking and mirroring back what we see seeking acceptance and connection from an audience. So the first thing that I have people do is get really, really clear around how they want other people to see them. Mm -hmm. And it could be as very simple as going, when I end a podcast or when I end done with a live or when I step off a stage, what are the words I want people using to describe me? Yeah, I love it. And, and I'm curious, have you thought about that before, Jonah? Like, what do you want people to say about you after they hear you speak? Yeah, I haven't thought of it like that. But I guess what I do is I'll, I'll pick certain people that I like. And mm-hmm. I'm like, you know what? I like that style there. How yeah. can I emulate that style, but put my own spin on it? You yeah. know, and it's like, that's sort of how I, I, I look at it there. Because there's so like, you know, there's, there's, um, you know, there's people that might swear a lot, you know, there's people that might be really loud and, and, and there might be people that are passionate and motivated and there's people that are funny and there's people that are, there's all these different things. And yeah. I actually had to switch when I first started getting myself out there online, I wanted to be motivating, you know, I'm like, right. I want to be a motivational speaker, you know, like a Tony Robbins or, or something like that, you know, but then I realized I was like, you know what? Um, there's a lot of, there's, there's a, I shouldn't say it's, um, the bar is pretty low for that, to be honest, because anyone can just get out a motivational quote and then read it, you know? So it's sort of like, I'm like, okay, it's, it's a lot of competition here and it's, it's, um, quite hard to get out there. So I was like, then I started following some other people and I was like, you know what I like online? I like people that can make me laugh. You know, if that person makes me laugh, I like them more. I'm going to follow more of their stuff. Even if I don't learn something, if they can make me laugh, it's, it's good, you know? And then I did, actually, I'll tell you a story. So uh, probably about 2014, you know, I hired a mentor to help with my online fitness stuff. And his course was good. It wasn't bad. It was a pretty good course. Um, and then I did another course with him a couple years later, an online course, both of them, right? And his second one was just so much funnier. I'm, I was going through it and he's just telling all these jokes as he's <laughs> delivering it. And I'm cracking up laughing and I wanted to watch more of the video because it, not, not so much half for the content, 
but half because I'm like, hey, even if the content's not good, it's going to be entertaining. It's going to make me laugh, you know? So after that point there, I was like, okay, you know, AJ, I don't know what you did in these two years, but your content is so much funnier, so much more engaging, you know? Um, teach me what you did there, right? And then I started going down that route there. So that's sort of how I look at it. I'm like, right, I want to um, influence people, but I want to do it in a way that I can make them laugh as well. So long-winded answer to your question, I guess the answer, I haven't thought of it the way you said it there in the overview I have, but the answer is essentially like, I'd want people to be like, okay, this guy, I'd want them to, to, to be, he's funny, but I also learned something. I don't know the exact order, but something around yeah. where this, this guy knows what he's talking about and he's funny too. I like this yeah, guy. It's funny with, with substance, right? It's like yeah. funny, but you also have tangible, relevant information that's helpful. Bang right, it's that grounding piece. What you what you just talked about, it, this idea of a lot of times we're like, how do we want other people to describe us? Going mm. to what you admire about other people and specifically yeah. paying attention to what resonates. This is this is really important. So you know you know the saying that is way overused right now around be authentic, find mm. your authentic self. I it's so overused, but mm. what's really powerful is true authenticity when you show up as the, like the best version of you, yeah. that's what creates connection and mm. people need connection to believe what you say, trust mm. what you say, and then follow and like take action on what you say. So when the reason why I have people start here with going, how do you want people to perceive you? Like, what are the words you want people using when they write their Google review of you? Mm. Or like, what, uh, is it funny? Is it, is it, she's really practical. Uh, she doesn't take herself too seriously. Oh, she's really polished. Or what, uh, it doesn't matter what your words are. The, what's important is that you pick words that are true for you. Mm. Because when you start looking at other people and doing what you just did, which is, oh man, you really admire that person and like their style. You then have a filter to go, is this authentic to me? Mm. Am I a funny person? Is that mm. how I want to be perceived? And you're mm. like nodding going, yeah, like I, yeah, <laughs> I am funny. I want to be funny. Mm. Then you can equip yourself and actually evaluate what you do next based around what's true to you, not mm. what's trendy at the time. Yeah. And I think that's, what's really important. Otherwise, what you see happening is a lot of, I call it the, the marketing parrot effect, like the bird parrot that just mm. repeats people. You mm. see a lot of squawking a lot of regurgitation of the same mannerisms, this the literal, the same scripts, mm -hmm. and you just get lost in that noise. Yeah. So you have to start by being clear. How do you want people to know you and describe you? So that way you can show up in that persona. And I don't mean that in an authentic way that you pay a character, but mm -hmm. you have to know, damn, if you want to be funny, yeah. you got to audit yourself and say, but am I, and am I showing up funny? Yeah. Like, am I actually getting laughs? And if not, well, either then you actually aren't funny or you're just not being intentional, bringing mm. funniness to your engagements. Or even all that on that as well. Like, cause say that was me. I was like, man, I'd love to be this funny, you know, like, but then I went and studied humor, you know, I was like, all right, cool. Let me go and do a course on comedy. Let me watch some, some comedians. And I was able yeah. to, to work towards it. Cause the way I look at it is I feel with most things in life, it's easier if, as, as to piggyback on your point. It's easier if you visualize it first, where it's like, instead of being like, all right, right. I'm going to give a talk. You know, and um, I wonder what people are going to say. You know, let's see what people say. It's probably easy to be like, right, I'm going to give a talk and I'm going to be intentionally funny. Okay, what am I going to do? You know, and then you can see yourself in there and then whatever, you write some jokes, you read through it. Oh, there's maybe a joke there or you, you do some learning. So I, I think that's important. But no, love that tip there. Uh, what's another one you got for us, Heather? 
Okay. Use stories. This is something mm -hmm. that we all hear a lot. People are like, oh, using stories in our marketing, but let me really make it practical. So a lot of entrepreneurs, they think, okay, in order for me to stand out, I need to avoid the fluffy and focus on packing as much tangible value in as possible. And mm -hmm. we think that because we're so sick of the like bait and switch game that's played with webinars. It's all flushy or all fluffy. So what happens is we cram way too much like tips and strategies and people can't hear it. So here's a tip you can use to make your content stand out, not only to be more recognizable, but also actually have your tips heard. Think about, um, I want you to visualize for me, um, like a line graph. Like imagine we have like a y-axis, oh, yeah. gotcha. okay. like a line graph, right? And the bottom is time yeah. and vertically is attention span. Mm. So if it's really high on the graph, people are like really paying attention versus really low on the graph, people are falling asleep like they are probably right now. So, <laughs> I want you to imagine attention span. When we're speaking, we just assume that people are at high attention all the time, hanging on to every single word. So we think people's attention span as we speak like remains high, even though logically speaking, we know that that's not true. But we think that we act like everybody's hanging on every word. But really what happens is attention ebbs and flows. People get bored. You've now picked up your cell phone. Oop, you're on Instagram. Oop, what am I eating for dinner? Let me text my husband. Like we just go all over the place. The mistake people make is they rely on the natural ebb and flow for people to pay attention, hoping that they're paying attention at the right time. Do not rely on that. When you're speaking on a podcast or you're delivering content in your course, or you are guest speaking on a stage, figure out what's your best little tips that you're about to give. And typically those will be like a, like a shift in mindset or one of more of the, like the belief staples that people need to get right before you talk about that, you need to tell a story. Tell a story to pull people in to capture their attention. That yeah. story could be something as simple as a metaphor. It doesn't yeah. have to be like a once upon a time story, but yeah. tell a story because that's what draws people attentions back up on that line graph and it'll peak and be like, oh, they're right in the palm of your hand. And then you can deliver that piece of content, that message that you really want them to hear. So tell stories, but the secret is telling stories at the right time to make your content uh, more receptive. Let's take a quick break. If you're a podcast host or someone wanting to be interviewed on podcasts as a guest, visit podmatch.com. Podmatch automatically connects ideal podcast guests and hosts together for interviews. We always say it works just like a dating app, but instead of connecting you for dates, it connects you for podcast interviews. Podmatch has connected over 85,000 guests and hosts together for interviews that listeners love, all while saving you countless hours of administrative work through built-in automations. If you're ready to level up your podcast interviews on either side of the mic, start today by visiting podmatch.com. Mm, wow. Yeah, that's such a good tip there. It's like, let me think if I can. Yeah, I'll piggyback off that. Even just because that's even powerful in the written form as well. You described it perfectly oh, yeah. in, in the, um, you know, the, the talking side of things. But even with content, you know, I find I'm, it, I've only done it, I think, twice in my life. But if I can nail that side of things where if I get a point across, but I tell it in a story, it just gets so much more traction. And the, it comes to my head because someone made a post in my Facebook group yesterday, which was around, you know, oh, I feel a bit weird, you know, um, selling a pre-selling a course. I, is it unethical? Yada, 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 you know? 
And I was like, well, you know, depends. And this was actually a fable as well. It wasn't a real story, but that can still work as well, I think. Um, I was like, yeah, I mean, depends how you look at it. You know, I want to learn Spanish. So, yeah, I went on, went on Google and said, hey, you know, I want to learn Spanish. And there was a school just across the road from me. And the next term is starting in two weeks' time. And if you sign up now, you get a bit of a discount. So, you know, I signed up for, for that Spanish course there. And, you know, they pre-sold it to me. Exactly the same with an online course. You know, and that got like 15 likes on like a reply yeah. to a comment, you know, yep. and instead of just, instead of just saying, Hey, no, it's okay. Everyone pre-sells it. You know, no one's going to like that comment there, but because I sort of just told a story or a fable, it got so much more interaction. And I think that's going back. That would be a better way to teach it speaking, right? You wouldn't just be like, Hey, you can pre-sell a course. It's fine. Everyone does it. Tell a bit of a story and then bring that, that point home and everyone will listen more. So I, I love that um, there. Have you got yeah. one more for us, Heather? Ooh, okay. Let's uh, let's think about okay. What I what I see a lot of people struggle with, especially in the online space. A lot of people do webinars, right? A lot of people do webinars. This is what I hear a lot. Most people are asking me, Heather, how do I how do I sell on webinars without mm. like the schmucky? Yep. And now you have two choices. You're yeah. either gonna go be an idiot or buy my <laughs> program. So. <laughs> I, this is how it feels. This is how it feels. Love that. So uh, let me, okay, let me give this tip. If you are new to doing selling on webinars or new to doing selling on video, hear me when I say this, um, before you go changing things around and just abandoning pieces of scripts that people provide for you, because you're like, oh, I can never say that. A lot of people do that because they're really, really uncomfortable because they've never done it before. So if you find yourself being uncomfortable selling or promoting your, your, um, your course or whatever it is that you're selling, right. Instead of just abandoning that. And instead of just blindly following someone else's script, get comfortable asking questions and going, what's the point that is trying to happen here? Like what's mm -hmm. the underlining reason of why I'm doing this? Yeah. Because what happens is people choose one of two sides. Um, they either go screw it. There's no way I'm saying that it's yeah. totally schmucky. Hell no. I'm going to just talk about the value of my program. And they stand on their like uh, soapbox yeah. and they're just going to stand behind their principles, which is they're not going to overly sell. Yeah. Or the other one is going, I don't, this is what they said to do. Like evidently it works. I'm just going to do it. Yeah. And then the entire time they deliver that line of the script, whatever it is, right. Uh, where, where they're, where they're doing the thing where it's like, and this bonus is valued at $9,000, this one's $73,000. And they're like, I hate who I am right now, but this is who I have to be. And so they're like clenching their butt cheeks, trying to make it through these slides I mean, I say this in a way where we laugh about it, but this is, happens every single day. This people come to me begging me, how do I do something different where I don't feel like I'm selling my soul on a webinar or on a sales video? Yep. So here is the tip. When you have moments like that, there's a reason why those things work. Mm -hmm. There is sales psychology behind it. There are so many things that showcase why those things work, yep. but it doesn't mean that you have to say it mm -hmm. in the way that you heard somebody else say it. Yeah. scripts are a starting point. Yeah. And I actually have a little bit of a rule in my business that we don't use scripts, nor do I teach them because I think scripts make us a little dumb because mm -hmm. we just blindly follow what somebody else says in their words. Yeah. And it's totally out of alignment of your own authentic speaking style, which is why you have to identify it in the first place. Mm. So if you want to sell on video and you, you have a script in front of you, or you've seen other webinars, Ask yourself the question, what are they trying to do here? And how could I say it differently? Mm. So I'll, I'll give you a little example here. 
on that, uh, I don't know if everyone knows what I'm talking about, but on most webinars, there comes a point when you pivot from the quote unquote teaching and you move into your offer. And then that piece, it's the, and here today, from here, what do we do? You have two choices. (laughs) And it's the, you either can continue to struggle and Google every YouTube video and spend hours and hours and just whatever, get so frustrated, or you can choose the proven method which happens to be my program. That's the slide, you know, I'm talking about, right? Um, And side note, if anybody's listening, going, I haven't got there yet with my training or you're going to watch a webinar now with eyes wide open and you're you're not going to be able to not see it. What I want you to understand is going, what is the power of this slide? As cheesy as it is, Mm -hmm. the power is you want your audience to choose Mm -hmm. because what you don't want to do is you don't want to manipulate or make people think that they have to buy your program to be successful. Mm Because let's be honest, people can buy your, not buy your program and go kick ass and be successful without you. And people can buy your program and they can never touch it and flop on their face and be a terrible case study for you. Like both are true. So when we have the ego to believe that our way is the only way, that's when we get in trouble. So instead go, how can I honor my audience and give them a question to let them choose, but without making them feel like they're an idiot for not choosing the quote unquote right way. So a different way to say it could be something like, um, uh, something like, um, now you have a couple options from here, right? You can continue doing the research and attending free trainings. And there's a ton of resources online where you could probably figure out how to do this. But if you're anything like me, your time is precious and you're kind of done scrapping it together. And you've attended one too many of these free webinars and you're ready to finally take action. And you're feeling like now is the time to do that, but you're looking for a coach to help you on that part of your journey. So if you're at that point and you're ready to take action and you do want that accountability and coaching, then let's talk about what that choice could look like. So hearing that, I did the exact same thing, but I did it. It's like that on a US weekly on the magazines of the fashion. It's who wore it better. Mm-hmm. I totally yeah. just rock that gown better than the first scenario. And take yes, money, I was right? at it. But you hear how I asked the question, I said, what's the point of it? Mm. I want this, the big tip. Ask yourself the question, what's the goal here? And how can I do it in a way that's authentic to me without compromising the reasoning and the rationale behind it? Yes, no, I agree 100%. And I think that also piggybacks or uh, correlates to the first point, where I think if you can model someone or if your coach is someone that you align with, it's going to be easier as well. You know, because I feel like if you did some webinar course with someone that makes a lot of money on webinars, but you don't align with it all. Like you have to change that whole freaking webinar, you know? Yeah, um, yeah. But if the more aligned it is, then I think that can come in as well where it's like, I mean, I, I get it, but Heather, I don't, that's not me or I don't feel comfortable saying that. What's she, okay. That's the point there. Cool. How can I say it a different way? So I, I yeah. love that. Um, Heather, I want to be sensitive of your time. There's just a couple questions I always finish up with. Um, the first one is around course hosting platforms. Now we had a bit of a dig at it earlier, but just for the fun of it, what course hosting platform do you use? I use Kajabi. Kajabi. Okay. Yes. That's definitely the most popular on this show here. Uh, final question, Heather, Heather is around mentors. So you're obviously a mentor for plenty of people that want to get better at speaking. I'm curious to hear who your biggest mentors have been. If you could answer this in a few different ways, if you could give us a paid mentor, so someone that you've paid money to, to do their course, or their program, uh, an unpaid mentor. So you haven't paid this person, but you follow them on social, whether it's YouTube, podcast, Instagram, whatever, and a book. 
that you recommend everyone should read if they want to be a better speaker. So paid, unpaid, and book. Okay, so paid mentor. Um, I have quite a few of them. I've heavily invested in my training in here, but I'll pick one. Um, I'm in Brendan Burchard's mastermind right now, Marketing Mastermind, and it has been a phenomenal experience this year. So Brendan Burchard, I'm one of his high... high certified high performance coaches like yeah. side note for that uh but i'm a huge fan the way he markets he's a genius yeah. with that and i love what he does so huge oh, Richard, you, for sure be a quick story there so i i heard him a couple years ago i went mm-hmm. to the states traffic and conversion summit yeah and funnel hackers live and he spoke at both of those and i was that i can't remember why i didn't sign up i was that close to signing up yeah. I was like, man, this is the guy I want to model, you know? Phenomenal. I just forgot about it. Yeah, then, then just COVID came up, I think, and I forgot about it. But um, yeah, he's definitely on my list. Yeah, we're ready. We can chat about that later. Um, I'll hook you up with all the connections for that. Uh, so Brennan Burchard, for sure. Um, in terms of uh, not, okay, not paid. I'm going to go a little different direction. Uh, it's a bit big mentor and an influencer in my, like, getting to where I am. Um, so my old boss, his name is Brandon. Brandon Dawson, he's now. Oh, okay. Yeah, so not Brandon. Brandon, uh, there's a theme here, but um, Brandon Dawson, he's uh, a partner with Grant Cardone um, for um, Cardone Ventures, is their new company they started. But before he started that company, he was a CEO of my former company. And the reason why I bring him up as an unpaid mentor, he he was my boss back then. Yeah, yeah. He was the person who taught me that our thoughts, are what dictate our actions. So Mm. what we think is what we say and what we say is what we do and what we do becomes our legacy. He taught me that very early in my career and it's because of me being around him and his mentorship and his mentors that really shaped what I do now and how I blend this idea of speaking with personal growth and business strategy. So uh, Brandon Dawson, he's um, on Instagram and all the places. And a book, a really good book for speaking. Uh, I'm going to give you a book that is a compliment. I actually have it sitting here. Um, this is by my friend Kendra Hall. It's called Stories That Stick. Kendra is a one, an exceptional speaker. I hired her years ago to speak at one of my conferences. And uh, shortly thereafter, she came out with her book. And she teaches people how to not only tell good stories, but how to tell good stories to complement your brand and better connect with customers. So it's stories that stick. It'll make you a better writer and a better speaker. And overall, I think it'll make you better in business. Sarah Fields. I'm just looking at it nope. now. No? Uh, Kendra Hall. Stories that stick, is it? Yep. Huh. Is available in Australia? Ah, uh, it should be. Can you She's show got her second me coming out here? Show me the cover there, because I'm just on Amazon now trying to Kindra Hall. Let me see what comes up there. Gotcha. Awesome. All right, that's on my oh. Amazon cart shopping list as well. Well, um, Heather, that's pretty much all I wanted to get through today. Is there anything I should have asked you but didn't, or anything you want to finish us off with? Oh, you know, you ask great questions. So high five for you. I love your Facebook group. It's so fun to be a part of it. I think, I mean, the last thing that I love to leave people with thinking about is, you know, a lot of times we talk a lot about business and it's like, how do we sell more? How do we get to the metrics? But I I can't help but, but leave with this idea that sometimes sharing your message and speaking on platforms, there's a bigger, there's a bigger piece to it. Um, The part of my story that I didn't tell was when I was dealing with my hearing loss when I was like struggling with this coming of age slash learning that I had a significant hearing loss. Um, part of the story is um, my mom, who I inherited this bone condition with, um, I lost her at a really early age. When mm. I was a teen, my mom died of cancer. And I, I share this part of my story because 
as a teen, my family and I started a nonprofit and we wanted to do something in her honor to let her legacy live on. But more importantly, we wanted to spread awareness for cancer research for, for families. And I was 17 at the time. And I had five older brothers and sisters, and we're trying to figure out like, what do we do to carry on this legacy? How do we run a nonprofit? And I found myself lobbying for money from different organizations to fundraise. And I found myself networking in, in all these different rooms with really large breast cancer organizations. And I was a shy kid. And I had a pretty early realization that you know, some people have this thing they're born with where they love the spotlight. They love being at the center of attention. They just love it. They're like, give me more spotlight. And that's totally cool. But that wasn't me. I learned through something really traumatic and finding a reason to speak up. I learned that some people are born, they go through things and they're called into the spotlight. Mm. And what I've learned is sometimes you have a message that's really practical and easy to share and you can teach people the tips and strategies. But other times it's the stories that we have. It's the things we've been through. There's a reason we're here to tell them. And one of my big missions as an entrepreneur now teaching people to use their voices is how do we get a little braver and bolder in sharing our stories? Because I think in sharing those stories, we make a bigger impact and inspire people. So if anyone's listening and going like, I'm still trying to figure out what I'm selling. I'm still trying to figure out like what's happening, but I do feel this pull to share a bit about me. Don't ignore it. Don't stifle it. Don't worry about what you're selling. You can get to that later, but just start speaking up and getting comfortable sharing things because there's power in that. And I hope that someone, whoever that is, that's listening, that needed to hear that they start getting a little bit more brave and showing up, even if they're scared. Yes. Love it. Awesome. Well, Heather, Heather, thank you very much for your time. Thanks, Jonah. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the course creator community podcast. If you're enjoying the show, please feel free to rate, subscribe, and leave a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. We really appreciate that effort, and we'll catch you in the next episode.